Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? This is Jamie, your host of Rebel Rose Podcast. I apologize, but it has been a little bit since I got more episodes out. Honestly, this episode that I am about to dive into, I was waiting to see like who I wanted on the episode, who I wanted to sit and talk about it with. Um, and then I just decided that I was going to do it myself and give my perspective coming from somebody who is sometimes viewed by society as the victim, quote unquote, in the world of sexual exploitation, of human trafficking, this and that. So, which I use those terms very loosely. Um, I wanted to obviously bring on different aspects. Um, I, I was thinking about bringing on my bro Armand to give his input, but then I thought, you know, people sometimes will uh, invalidate his perspective because it can sometimes look as though he is trying to defend the role of what we want to call the pimp or the perpetrator. Um, And people are not open, not all people, some people are not open to that perspective yet. And so I wanted to give my perspective from my point of view, from a person who has been, quotes again, the victim. Because I feel like if I voice how I feel about the involvement of the buyer and the pimp in the and the importance in recognizing and creating the dialogue around how do they become a part of the solutions um, in the fight to end exploitation. I feel like some some people. I'm not saying these are facts for me. I'm saying this is how some people I've received feedback. Some people can view my opinion in in whatever weird way more valid because I went from victim to now forgiving the person that I'm supposed to look at as my enemy. And so I don't know if that makes sense, but that's where I'm coming from on this episode. And so with that being said, I want to really have a discussion. Well, not discussion. I really want to tell y'all what I feel and really break down why I feel it is so important, so important to not only one, include the buyer and the pimp, um, or we'll say exploiter for greater purposes, the buyer and the exploiter within the anti-trafficking movement to ultimately create solutions to end the problem of exploitation. Now, first, that's the first key point. Let's not get it twisted. I am not what I am not saying is that we have to come into a room and put people that have been victimized with people who have victimized them in order all the time in order to figure out solutions. We don't have to make people feel feel triggered. We don't have to make people sit with people that they don't want to sit with. That is not what I am saying. I am not saying that. What I am saying is that there are people like myself who have a lane that involves giving a voice and being supportive of those who had once had the title put on them of sex buyer or buyer or pimp or trafficker or exploiter or abuser or perpetrator, whatever those labels that were put on them. I believe that God put me in a lane to be able to forgive first and foremost 
for my experiences and my abuse um, that I took on from those people, um, as well as uplift and give a voice to those who, and be supportive of those who feel like they realize that they needed to change their life, and that's what they did, just as any other survivor. I'm going to use the word survivor, which we all know I don't really like that word, but for for this, uh, for audience purposes, I'm going to use the word survivor. So there are every survivor who most of us have empathy for, most of, most of us have compassion for, most of us um, understand it and honestly uplift and support somebody taking such trauma and challenges and going through this mud and going through all of these 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 things that are preconceived as negative um going through all these fuck ups and then coming out on the other side and and deciding to change their life my role in in this world regardless outside of the exploits exploits anti-exploitation um movement my role in this in this world what i'm really finding out is to give that grace that was extended to me to everybody around me to everyone around me i don't mean who i feel or who i choose or who i think deserves grace and who i think deserves a second chance at life who i think deserves the benefit of the doubt to think that they've changed and or show that they've changed it's not up to me for me in my life it's up to god and god says that if somebody says that they have, they are sorry and they would like to be forgiven, I owe them that. Now, I don't have to let somebody continue to come in and say that they changed and then they didn't change. I don't have to allow people in my life who continue to say, well, I'm over that lifestyle, but continue to go back. I can choose and discern who I allow in my life specifically. But what I don't get to do is judge somebody else's progress I don't get to judge somebody else's past. I don't get to judge somebody else's choices or lack of choices that led to choices um, at all. Because I would never want somebody to do that to me. And I think the biggest thing with this is like the golden rule needs to apply. Do unto others as you want to be done unto you. And I don't see that happening a lot, um, at least in my experiences, with giving value to the fact of the person that we, we we perceive, which we allow ourselves to put a label on somebody, that's the first problem in that. Um, what we perceive as the evil person or the person that's done the wrongdoing, we only allow and, and create a space for those who we think as victims to, to be able to have a second chance at life. So really, if that's what we're doing, if we're only offering second chances and grace and forgiveness to a certain population or a certain set of people, really, how do we expect for the community and the society and the world to heal? Because we all are moving pieces in in this world. All of us are moving pieces. So if we only are allowing one, 10 pieces out of a hundred pieces to move around and to get to the final, you know, the final uh, destination, What's up with the other pieces? What are they supposed to be doing? They're stagnant and they're going to continue to um, to make the same decisions, to be put in the same situations if we don't allow space for them to make changes just like we as victims are allowed to, um, to have space to make changes. And so 
with all that being said, which I'm hoping that I'm making sense because a lot of times when I speak, things make sense in my head and then when I say them, they don't make so much sense. So I'm really hoping that, that I am breaking it down to the point where people can, can feel me at least a little bit. Um, what's the next thing I want to talk about on this subject? <laughs> How, <laughs> so this is a good one. Uh, I get a lot of backlash for this one. Um, I often say we have to recognize the victimization within the the population that becomes pimps as well as the population that becomes sex buyers. What do I mean by this? What I first and foremost do not mean is that we are justifying any malicious, evil, or abusive behaviors. That is not what I'm saying. What I am not saying is that people don't need to pay for the consequences. What I am not saying is that people uh, don't deserve prison sentences, which that's a whole nother case because as the prison system works, we all know that it's not meant for rehabilitation. Um, So I even have a, you know, whatever issue with that. What I am not saying is that people don't have to uh, reap what they sow. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that we need to, as a, as a group, as a community, as a society, pay attention to the ways that society is victimizing us as a whole, as humans, not as those that have been abused or those that are abusers. We have to understand the society and the way that our, our foundation in generational years, our foundation as a nation is set up, as, as a world is set up for us to be victimized. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is we got to pay attention and be realistic with ourselves beyond we are looking at the results of uh, of, a, of being victims of society. We are looking at the results, drug, drug addiction, pimping, hoeing, um, uh, greediness, racism, all of these things, plus beyond some, uh, incarceration, all of these things are are results of a way deeper rooted disease, a way deeper rooted foundation. All of these things are, these are not the surface problems. I mean, I'm sorry, these are the surface problems. These are are, are not where, this, where the problem is. The problem lies way beneath this stuff. The problem lies in the fact that we, in a, as a society are not even given an equal level of opportunity just dependent on dependent on the fact of where we might be born what nationality we might be what color our skin might be what our face might look like what job our parents have what education our parents have we are predestined to be put in situations where it is we are living in survival mode outside of that even if we are not put in situations where we come from broken homes or we come from broken upbringings. We as a society live in California, at least, because that's where I'm from. We are already on the, 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 on the scale factor. We are already in the negatives because we are already trying to just survive and just get by. We wake up in the morning hustling and grinding and going to check some, you know, check some hours at work or going to try to check a trap or going to try to uh, get some type of money to be able just to survive, to still struggle. We are already at a disadvantage. Being where we live, that is a societal problem. 
we are at a disadvantage because we are ran by a, a country that profits off of locking people up in cages and putting them in these prisons for for who knows how many years 10 years 20 years life without ever ever really giving them the chance to rehabilitate so then guess what they have kids who are now already at a disadvantage when they're born we have people out here struggling on drugs as a society because we don't have safe space in a community to open up about our issues we don't have a safe space for men. We'll be talking about the pimp and the and the buyer who are predominantly looked at as the male from the male population. We don't have a safe space. Tell me one safe space for a man to go and say, hey, I'm having these sexual ideations. I'm having these issues at home. I'm feeling this way. I'm having anger issues. We got people from, I got PTSD coming back from other countries and their friends just got blown up and, and, you know, they almost got killed themselves. We got people on the streets that are being, being told that in order to be a real man, you got to gangbang and you got to take out this many bodies and you got to check this many women and this and that. We, we live in a fucked up culture. And if we can't, as a society, pay attention to how that is rooted in the issues that we complain every fucking day about, then we have we have to understand that we are the problem. We are the problem. If we cannot hold ourselves accountable, if we cannot sit here and say, look, we gotta pay attention to the stories and to the the to the options and um, reasons why people get to where they're at then we have no, we, we might as well give up right now as far as finding solutions. If we're not going to pay attention and give that part energy, because we will never get to solutions if we don't figure out how to at least have conversations around these real ass root causes. And there's so many that I'm not even listing. So many. These are just ones that are popping into my head right now. And why is that relevant to what I'm talking about? We have to understand that the the fact of the matter is a lot of the people that are being thrown in jail for murder years for pimping and pandering and human trafficking i'm not saying all what i am saying is a lot are our brown and black communities our brown and black men that come from impoverished communities under-resourced communities disadvantaged communities again this is never a hundred percent on any on any scale i am not saying all i am not making excuses what i am saying is that the people that are fueling this fucked up system of incarceration mass incarceration who somebody is profiting off of this which if that's not pimping in 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 the, the biggest form i don't know what is but um yeah anyways that's a whole nother podcast but the people that are getting locked up for these crimes really break it down and sit with them and see what they, where they came from. Where are they coming from? Majority of the people that I know that started pimping when they were 15, 16 came from really fucked up homes. Not because the parents are fucked up, but because the circumstances in which the parents had to deal with were fucked up. Again, back to society. 
we have people out here i, I have homies that that you know their their mom was on crack their dad was in jail who is supposed to guide them the streets that's who's going to guide them because guess what how does this loop all back around there wasn't no mentors out here who used to be in a fucked up position, who used to be gangbanging or used to be pimping or used to be slanging or or used to be out here, you know, doing A, B, and C, who then are allowed to come back in the community and speak to these young men or young women. But at this point, I'm talking about young men to speak to these young men to say, hey, what this music is telling you, what these streets are telling you, this gangbanging shit, this and that, this is not your only option. Now, if you choose to do that, all right, deal with the consequences. But I can tell you from experience that that's not where it's at. And here are other options. And I know because I did them. We don't even as a society open up space for people to come in that have been through these experiences to come in and be respected and looked at and valued as as members of society to come in and guide the next generation in not making those same choices. We look at them with this side eye like, oh no, they've been to prison, they can't do that, they can't work with kids. They a sex offender, they can't work with kids. They was gangbanging, they can't they can't work with kids. They can't do this, they can't do that. Oh, they was pimping, they can't work with females that, that used to be pimped on. How, how do we as a society expect to restore if we can't even bring who has been harmed to back to the place that, that they did the harm in to figure out, I'm sorry, how do we restore if we can't bring the person that was harmed back into into the face of the person that harmed them to one, forgive, two, to understand, and three, to figure out how do we prevent this from happening again. We cannot heal the community in compartments. We cannot compartmentalize where we heal. We can't heal victims over here and then shut out pimps and buyers. We can't <clears throat> we can't figure out how to help an addict or someone dealing with addiction from getting away from those root causes of why they use if we don't allow them to have space to heal, if they don't go to therapy and figure out how they're why they're using, if they don't really dig in and identify what is hurting them to make them want to use. We can't, they can't figure out how to become clean. So how is, how is society any different? And how are we missing the fact that we got to incorporate everybody's stories, everybody's solutions, everybody's perspectives? We have to, as uncomfortable as it is, as, you know, as triggering as it could be, it's a necessity. The last part that I'm going to talk um, talk a little bit about is, um, let me get some water because I'm over here, broke dry, going in, trying to drive. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to grab some water. I know that probably sounds weird because we're on a podcast, so y'all can't see what I'm doing. But um, anyways, the last part. That's just not the last part because I got a lot more to say on this specific topic, but I just wanted to kind of open up the door on my podcast. I've talked about this on other people's podcasts. Um, I've talked about this on my social media and all of that, but I really wanted to just get get out a lot of thoughts that I'm thinking right now. Um, the last part of this is um, 
is just recognizing ourselves and other people. What I mean by that is, like I said earlier in this podcast, a lot of people will view me as a hero or as somebody who is overcome and a warrior and a survivor and all of these things because they are only paying attention to my victimization. They are only looking at the, the part that they feel I had no choice in and they are looking at that and they are uplifting and putting that on a pedestal to say, damn, you went through this and you got through it and now you're doing this. They're forgetting though that amongst and in that in, in those scenarios, in my seven years in the life, in the game of being exploited, there wasn't always a pimp. There was always a buyer, but that's a whole nother topic. There wasn't always a pimp though. So in order for me as an individual to really figure out how to move past a certain level of healing, in order for me to really move from being a survivor from being a victim to a survivor to a thriver to whatever we want to call it to somebody who is actually maintaining and really this is really my life this isn't me just just um surviving and 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 holding on by a thin thread and staying out the game this is really i'm out the game this is what i do i'm not going back is it always an option in my head yeah i'm not gonna lie that first thought is always when bills are tight and this and that, that's always a first, that's always a first thought because it's a natural thought that comes from my survival mode. But do I know and understand how to move past that now? Yes, very easily. But that's not the point. My point is that within those seven years, I might have started out in a victimized mode, but at some point there was many times I had choices. There was many times, many ways where the, the road went to the left, the road went to the right, road went straight, and I, I had a choice which way to go. There was also many times where I abused many people. There was also, there's many times where everything that a pimp did to me, I did to other people. There was ultimately times where I was somebody else's pimp. Now, I get a card and a pass because I was, quote unquote, a victim. I was just doing what I knew how to do or what I felt like I had to do. So with that being said, if we're going to give that reasoning and that justification to the actions that I put out into the world, the people that I harmed, the harm that I did to the community and to the society and to other people, then we also have to be able to extend that same understanding and that same, um, that same perspective to those that we view as the abusers. Because why do we have to do that? Because if I'm saying, or if you're saying that I, my actions were justified in many ways because I was in survival mode, just because my survival mode is viewed at, as somebody, somebody, a, a person holding that power over me, that is no different than society or, um, or systematic oppression or racism or any of those types of Um, any of those types of control that exists in the community, lack of housing, poverty, um, abuse, childhood abuse that then turns into somebody becoming, excuse me, an abuser. All All of those things need to be viewed as the same as somebody views a pimp having control over me. Those all need to be recognized as control over this person that ultimately became the abuser or the the pimp or the buyer. 
it's as easy as somebody as a buyer not having a safe space to go and talk about his sexual addiction and then porn fueling the idea that women are are dispensable and that porn is entertainment and that it is enjoyable and so now this man is groomed by society not by another person but this man is groomed by society and entertainment to think that it is okay to go purchase somebody to go live out those addictions and those actions versus having a safe space in the, in the community to sit and relate to others to talk about his issues. How is that not victimization? How is that not a, a, a social problem? How is that not a societal problem? So my point with all of this is that we have to, at some point, in order to move into real solutions, we have to look at this from a whole perspective. We have to step back from our insight, <clears throat> our experience, our perspective, our biases, our judgments, our stigmatization, our understanding as we think we have it. And we have to look from a bigger picture view. We gotta step outside the world. We gotta step into the stars and look at the world as a whole in order to see one, our parts, and where we are fueling and not contributing to, to solutions, as well as our parts in <laughs> our parts in what can I do? Where is my mind so closed that I'm not being I'm not being a contributor to a possible solution? Um, I'm gonna end this now because I'm getting to my destination. There will probably be a part two of this, but I appreciate y'all giving me time to listen. Um, but the bottom line is guys team human all the way and we have to put humanity into our daily lives and what humanity is always going to consist of and, and require is going to be empathy and understanding and again that doesn't mean that we have to change our views or change or have compassion for anyone who has hurt us or anyone who we feel has abused us what I, what I do want to encourage, though, is that admitting that there has to be a space for them as well. Admitting that they have to be a part of the solution just as much as they are part of the problem. And that's really what I want to leave it at. Um, check us out on Facebook, Rebel Rose Podcast. On Instagram, follow us, Rebel Rose Podcast, at Rebel Rose Podcast. Um, if you are interested in looking into my organization, my nonprofit, you can find us at www.sistersofthestreets.org. If you or anybody that you know needs some type of support, resources, or any type of um, just outlet to talk to somebody who kind of been there, done that, um, you can reach me at 619-335-8816 or hit me up on chat or on my website through email. Again, www.sistersofthestreets.org. I appreciate y'all tuning in catch you in a couple days when we got something else to talk about. All right. Be love, be light, and uh, be good to one another. All right. Peace out.